Welcome to Charting Change in Legal. I'm Ari Kaplan, an analyst that covers the legal industry, and I'm here with my co-host, Caroline Hill. I am editor-in-chief of Legal IT Insider. Ari, you sounded really great there. Like you sounded, you know, like a... Did I? I'm really working on my yeah. uh, radio voice. I have a face yeah. for radio, so I try to <laughs> make sure that it, it maintains... Uh, that's what happens when we record. I'm coming from swimming. It's the chlorine. It's the chlorine in my in my body that, that elevates the depth of my voice. So, Caroline, we are we are really a month plus into the year. We're closer to Valentine's Day than we are to New Year's. It seems to be as it always seems to be going very quickly. And yeah. I thought it'd be interesting to kind of recap the last what five weeks of the year so far. Oh my goodness! What do we? Yeah, how is it already the? Oh, is it already nearly the middle of February? Although I love the fact that we're getting further away from winter. Yes. I, um, I live in the Northeast and the winter is, is you know, can be unbearable when it's in the teens. I will mm-hmm. say that, you know, obviously we're coming off of what I thought was a well-attended legal week and yeah. with, with lots of activities. And I was lucky to host some dinners and very interesting, I thought, to see one – overall observation because there was lots of discussion about ai and the implications of generative ai and where we're headed and all of the things that will happen and i'm sure there's lots we can talk about but one of the most interesting aspects of this was that the conversations about ai brought up two distinct repeat emotions Uh, one was a discussion about your moral compass like the ethics and whether I was in a room full of law firm leaders or corporate leaders, the idea of what kinds of decisions you would make in what types of ethical situations seemed to keep coming up. And the other was this emotional element to AI as it relates to technology. For some reason, every time it came up in conversation, people would make a comment or give a perspective about raising their children with technology and the next generation and this really forward-looking view of the impact that this will have on the world, on them personally, how they're making decisions associated with it. It wasn't just, can you ask ChatGPT to write Mm -hmm. a sonnet in a business letter? It was no longer that. It was much more philosophical, and I found myself being drawn into conversations that were surprising and very deep, but seemed incongruous with the idea of just discussing technology for the sake of how that will be applied for efficiency and cost savings. That's really interesting. That's so interesting because people are realizing the extent to which this could really change. I guess initially there was that kind of open AI comes on the scene and then, and then vendors are rushing. Yeah. Wow. I can write a poem and, it right. can make and also, it, I can write it in Spanish and it would and be so funny. Year, right. Last right. year week, all the vendors were rushing out with their early, early already, even then, right. In January, there were lots of early sort of talk, talk about different ways that they were starting to incorporate it in their products and the search. And it was, but it was very functional. It wasn't really philosophical. Um, whereas now I suppose we've had another whole year to get our heads around the fact that, yeah, there's that very functional day to day, but there's also this very much bigger picture in terms of what does it mean for the whole 
profession and what we're going to be doing and what roles will exist and that kind of thing. I think that we've had more time to think about that. Yeah. How can you use it responsibly? What are the parameters and what is the structure around its use? Everyone seems to incorporate it in some way. And I think that most buyers, I've just recently finished my e-discovery unfiltered report and the buyers that I spoke to were interested in these tools and applying them, but were conservative, right? Like they, they were just, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't rushing in to, to any particular thing. And, you know, even at the, I went to the Microsoft breakfast, which was really interesting at legal week. And they talked about developing guidelines for the use and incorporating individual and individual organizations framework and policies into the deployment of the software. So it was a very interesting conversation. It certainly had changed from, hey, look at the fun stuff we can do with it, as opposed to what should we do with it? How should we do it? And what are the implications of taking that action? I'm not sure. I, call me a cynic, Ari, but I mean, these conversations are great. You know, I... I do feel a little bit cynical about the the extent to which we have power right now. I think the power is so much in the hands of the technology companies, and I do think that you know that it's funny because I have I have conversations with lots of different vendors, and and um you know the the power is really grouped with the certain players, you know, and I and I do think that as as a, collectively as a as a vertical. We need to really think about that. We need to think about, you know, continuously think about, right, who has the power? What does that mean in terms of the decisions that we're making and, and the, the, the what we need to put in place to protect to protect the business? You know, I, I think that things have changed. But there's a part of part of it is growing up. Right. Like so we've as an industry dealt with a lot of smaller point solutions, which have been very personal relationship. It hasn't been like a SaaS, you know, and, and and we're now growing up, you know, we're dealing mm-hmm. in many cases with like much bigger technology providers and cloud, which is subscription based. Obviously that's a massive generalization. And, and, but, you know, and, and, and they're priced differently and the, some of them are more arm's length. And, but I do think that, you know, when it comes down to how do you, what policies do you want and, and how do you, how do you does this what context what did you think about the context of your own business you need to think about what power you have and i think the answer is still not much <laughs> yeah although i guess for the the life cycle of development of technology as long as i've been alive has always been kind of centered in a small group right the look look at the the stock markets are being driven by seven companies and they control a, a lot and those companies are not new frankly they've been around for a long time and they've been controlling how the deployment of technology and the development of it works but i i i guess i all i, I think i think it, the most important part of this is that there's real opportunity here and that people should recognize that. And in the face of redundancies and in the face of the industry changing and in the face of roles being merged or, or uh, redefined, you know, some of the things that would happen at my law firm dinner, they were talking about this increasing, emergence of a chief artificial intelligence officer. And I was lucky to actually speak also at the skills conference, which took took place on the last day of legal week separate, but it took place. And that's where all the 
knowledge management leaders, I think basically in the U.S. converge annually and also really interesting conversations around how are those individuals who typically are the ones driving innovation and just sort of knowledge sharing in, in legal, how are they sort of visioning, seeing their role now as opposed to a year ago, five years ago? Are you able to talk about that or is it Chatham House, that conference skills? I was only there briefly, so I'm certainly happy to talk about whatever I, I was there to moderate the client. Yeah, the client. <laughs> I was there to talk about the client's perspective, but okay. there was a lot of engagement and it was a super fun, smart discussion oh. at a very high level amongst people who are actually making decisions, driving change, selecting technology. So it wasn't guessing. All of these people were either using a tool, changing. For example, someone said that you can't, you can no longer say, for example, we don't use a particular technology, email, for example. This has come up a bunch. Like, yeah, you know, the the use of email, when the use of email came around, it was like, oh, we don't use email. We only send faxes. Well, someone yeah. said things have changed so much that in our corporation, a giant corporation, we don't even use email. We only communicate through collaborative channels. So if our law firms are not at that point, it's a it's a deficiency. So it's a really interesting. I was lucky to to moderate that panel about the client's perspective because there was like incredible sharing and generosity between the panelists and the audience. It was really, really interactive. And it, yeah. Sorry. It's one of my favorite. I, I didn't go this year, as you know. Um but it's one of my favorite, you know, obviously run by Ozbanama and, and and a bunch of other people. Um, and yeah, I think I mean what astonishes me is how much the KM, the definition of KM and everything about the KM community has changed and evolved over the years. And and I think the developments with Gen AI will just accelerate that further. Well, I told a funny story. Uh at least was in my funny? in my mind it was funny. Uh <laughs> just just about having been there. I was asked to produce something um, with Recomind. I don't know if you've ever uh, remember that company, Recomind. Yeah, now, now well. yeah of course. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, oh, now owned by Open Text. And I was asked to, to produce this video white paper. And that's what we called it. It was essentially me interviewing people in KM. And yeah. I had to go to this meeting, which was – this this took place 15 years ago. And I set up my tripod and my camera and a microphone as if I knew what I was doing. And I wasn't actually allowed to attend their conference because I wasn't in that no space way. and I wasn't invited. But no. I was allowed to set up outside where they were having coffee and pastries. And so if I could somehow you know, persuade someone there to talk to <laughs> me for a minute – uh, and and I so I shared this video uh, afterward because I I was so happy I was telling them uh, in the context of me being so happy to have finally 15 years later been invited into the room. Uh, so it's a really an elite group of folks. I'm proud to know them and and to learn from them. And it was just very funny. And I'm I'm happy to share with our our listener. You're happy to share that you listener. The point of your story was that you got invited. That's I got invited, which I've not <laughs> gotten invited. Fifteen years later, <laughs> they let me in the room, and then they immediately escorted me out of the room right after extending the invitation. And so I don't know what the conversation was when I left, but it was sure it was something like, "Do not let that guy back." Uh, it, but but, you're, but the point is, you know, in all seriousness, 
I yeah, think that the, the best part of that event and and others that we have been to already this year and, and will hopefully and, and be fortunate to go to is this conversation that is much more meaningful. You're seeing lots of folks convene these discussions. They help. And I just think that our industry will will really grow much faster if we are more willing to share some of our experiences hey on that point i really wanted to bring up with you um there was an announcement this week about um there's a new group called the sense collective uh, Mm -hmm. which is a group of general counsel from so far it's intel dxc microsoft adobe crowds crowdstrike ford and anglo-american and it's being facilitated by factor the Mm -hmm. alsp um and they 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 created a this collective to talk about generative ai um they're gonna get together they're building they're building a community and they're talking about that that exactly to your point right they're saying that by rather than trying to each of them reinvent the wheel and and do do the same things they want to collaborate and um come up with i think they call it a shared framework for practical implementation not just chat in other words, but um, I I don't know really yet what it means. I don't think anybody does, but um, although I have asked to have a proper conversation about it, um, but it's this idea of you know through having conversations they can start to make more progress. They can accelerate progress by 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 speaking to one another. It's another invite only thing, which I think will irritate some people, um, but that's obviously essential to make sure that it no but you have to you have to make things invitation only at that level because you need people in the room who are experienced and and can contribute so i don't i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that no you're right i mean the tone of it like these kind of wait list type you know like the the vendors that have got these big wait lists and it's just causing culturally this like sense of you know but anyway i think that um but it's really fascinating that they're going to get together and and I I think this it's fascinating on lots of levels. What that one is, um, you know, the fact that they are talking, they feel the need to swap notes and collaborate in this way. Two is, um, you know, there are other ways of doing this. Like clock is a is a forum for this kind of thing. But anyway, um, and then but this perhaps it needs to be more agile. My my assumption is that you need something smaller, more agile um and more targeted um and then um well clock has a framework right so there's a there's a clock framework uh you know this reminds me in many ways of the early days of e-discovery when george socia and Tob gelbman had their e-discovery report and developed the edrm and that has sustained for for decades i mean it's really been helpful for the industry to just define what activity sits where along this continuum and i hope groups like that produce something that they can share at a, at a scholarly level and yeah. then try to figure out structurally how to how to implement it i'm fortunate in that i get to have conversations with folks at at in all of these different points, whether they're in legal operations or the general counsel or a, a, a paralegal or a law firm partner or a litigation support leader or, you know, kind of any or a roundtable uh, discussion with CEOs of legal tech companies. So I just feel like my goal is to just understand what their challenges are like you as a journalist, right? What are what are the challenges? Where are their opportunities? Where are their solutions? And, you know, what are the gaps that need to be filled? And I think that 
that was also very helpful. Legal Week, other conferences that are coming up are helpful to try to understand who fills which gaps. And that way you can be a resource for others. You know, when I read your work on uh, new initiatives or programs that you're facilitating, I get a sense of, wow, I didn't know that this organization actually existed to solve this particular problem. I've only heard from the people I've spoken to for my research, frustrations of a problem. But when I get to then see so many organizations in one place, I, I, then I can go back to those people and say, you know, I saw this and this and this seems to solve your problem or at least worthy of a conversation with those people. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, no, it's a really good point about the EDRM point and the frame. I mean, I love that. So, yeah, so may, maybe that is what will come out of it. And I mean, the only the only slight thing I think I've t- talked a little bit in the past about the balance of uh, the sh- the sort of shift of power that Gen AI will have between law firms and corporates. And if I was a law firm looking at this, I must admit, I would I would be a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie, like because um and and this it's not it's it's inevitable and there's nothing wrong with it i'm not not trying to stir anything but it's just a case of i think that gen ai will shift more power to corporates um and i think that it'll be really fascinating to see what the kind of that that this is going to be a long running conversation right we're going to have initial thoughts and then we're going to have you know it's just going to continue um but it'll be fascinating to see you know some of what the, the the initial thoughts and steps that come out of this yeah, and then we're like entering a really interesting period of the year. So Legal Week has just occurred. It mm-hmm. took place at the beginning of the year. Next year, it will be back to end of March, which yeah. will appeal to the people who prefer better weather. But it does sort of set the tone in some respect from a, from a product standpoint, from a launch standpoint. And now you'll have Clock that comes up in – May and you'll have ILTA that comes up in the summer. You'll have, you know, other conferences are taking place, the ALA, the LMA, there are other things that are happening. So you're going to have conversations like this at many different levels with many different constituencies within our uh, profession. But I think there is this kind of quiet period, I guess, up until the ABA tech show, which will happen soon as well. I think it's mm-hmm. actually very soon. So yeah. w- once that once that's over, you'll have this sort of quiet period in some respect where people go back and start thinking about what they've heard, what they've learned, how do they implement it, where is there a solution they can use, what does their budget look like, how can they adapt? And I think that's a place where I look forward to you and I having more of a conversation because it's just a richer understanding during that quiet period of having taken some lessons and then trying to figure out how do we now execute throughout the rest of the year quiet i don't think we're going to get that much quiet i don't know (laughs) i was thinking this is going to be quiet christmas was going to be quiet it's just not it's just (laughs) well i just mean where it will be in between events yeah we'll be in between events for a little while the events seem to be like compressed so people are going from place to place and once there's a month here or a month there i guess i'm also thinking that i have some research that i have to produce in the first quarter so we're we're like a little bit into you know, almost at the midpoint of the first quarter. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking in terms of uh, six-week periods, and that's that's where we are now. So uh, anything anything you're looking forward to in the remainder of this quarter, next quarter? Um, we've got I've got so much on. Um, just try to do some dives into you know, there's lots of big stories that are going on and trying to sort of be mindful about, you know, really sort of in, rather than just be rushed off my feet thinking, responding really quickly, just, oh, let's, let's just write that. Really start to ask questions. Is 
you know, there's some um, there's some redundancy stuff going on, and I'm trying to be thoughtful about that and have a look at have a think about what's happening there. And you know, from a there's a vendor that's making some redundancies, um, and I'm at my current thing that's on my desk, as it were. This is maybe not representative of the entire quarter, hopefully, but is you know thinking about the makeup of of vendors as we go forward, particularly as you know legal tech vendors. We move into this cloud era um, and they're, they're trying to work out what shape they need to be as they adapt and as they invest in cloud technology. And um, that means there are, in the one case that I'm looking at, there are redundancies and whether that's right, whether that's fair, whether it's good for the client, what, what, what the industry needs and what we need to be thinking about. So that's kind of some of the things that I'm thinking about as we we transition, you know, because obviously we, <laughs> it's not all Gen AI, you know, we still very much got the cloud agenda, although it's not really a conversation anymore of the willy, but lots of lots of firms. Right, much know, more about it, logistics. Yeah, yeah right. But lots yeah. of firms are not in the cloud and lots of vendors do not have a, a fully developed cloud offering, right? Like so that you know, in certain parts of the sector, it's, it's still very much they need to invest and they need to develop. And you know, they're big, these are big dominant players, some of them. Um, so I think that's going to be fascinating, you know, as as, as we sort of what, what what does it mean for the shape of the for the of vendors um, as they sort of transition to the neat different needs going forward? And I wanted to just address before we go the point about redundancies. And I I thought it would be helpful to just give people some suggestions for how to address that because I, I think it's great to like a LinkedIn post and to, and to write a nice comment that you're with people, but people who are in that situation will will really appreciate you sharing a job listing you may have seen making an introduction like being more proactive if each of us took one step to be just slightly more proactive than click like which is nothing wrong with it again you know you want to support a, a comment about it you want to add something that's great but in that situation simply making an introduction to someone that you know, seeing a job listing and maybe reaching out to somebody and saying it, sharing that job listing. Those are very practical things that anybody can do. And yeah. it it sort of demonstrates a level of generosity without actually doing anything. But that thoughtfulness is can be really powerful in that moment. That is a very difficult moment. And yet, if you can sort of empower those people who are feeling in the moment somewhat powerless, it it really develops a, str a strength to your relationship over the long term, and they just you know something that people should should consider as you're seeing more of this news and as people try to figure out what their what their next step is. So, Caroline Hill, it's always that a privilege. Very, that was a very emotional, um, positive, and uplifting way to finish, Ari. I'm, I think that's an amazing shout. <laughs> Ari Gavlin, I love it. Well, uh, <laughs> thank you so much. I, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here every two weeks. So uh, please, uh, for our one listener, we thank you for being here. We want to acknowledge you. So you'll just send us your name at some point, and we will mention it <laughs> on the air live in a this recording. Out. Send us your name if you listen in and we'll read it out. That's right. We're on radio. That's Thank right. you, everyone. We'll see you soon. Thank you.